0: Initiating start-up, startup Sequence.
1: You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth.
2: Um, I am a 24 year old um, cisgendered queer lady. Um, I think that's all you need to know for the moment. Yeah.
3: Christian. <laughs> well, welcome. Um, I'm not pretty fabulous. I'm, I'm just fabulous. And um, <laughs> my name is Christian. Um, I will be 23 in two days. Actually, I've teased my birthday every single episode. It's now finally upon us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, and I'm gay. Woo. Love
0: it. Yeah. Hey, I'm Evie. Mm-hmm. I'm 24. Uh, this is the first time I've gotten to say that, I think, out loud, which feels weird. I feel old. Uh, yeah, I'm trans-feminine and I'm bisexual. My pronouns are she, hers or they, that's.
1: Nice. And we have a pretty good show coming up today. We're going to be talking about the AFL um, as well as Cynthia Nixon running for governor uh, for New York. Um, and we've got some pretty good tunes as well, some local acts such as Sophie Grofie and Lazaranda. Well, they're actually Kiwi, but still local. Um, <laughs> the first song that we're going to throw to is uh, What I Need by Hayley Kiyoko featuring Kalani. You're on Loud and Queer Sin Nation.
2: Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Um, you are with Lisa Evie daniel and christian and you just heard what i need by Hailey kyoko featuring keilani um Hailey is one of my favorite new artists who just released her debut album expectations um so please go and check it out she's you know doing great things for the lesbians at the moment in pop music um but to take a complete uh you know side path off that we're about to talk about the afl and how it is simultaneously kind of problematic and also good in terms of queer visibility and x y and z so essentially the conversation with us started during the week um when Joel Creasy who is an Australian comedian um has actually released a book last year I believe and he has been no stranger to saying that he's been sleeping with a closeted or he slept with a closeted AFL football player we'll not name them Um, I don't know as far as, you know, if the person that he slept with has, you know, he has their permission to say all of this and blah, 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 but he's been on his whistleblower for quite some time. So that's no secret. But the issue came, um, this week when Joel actually got on the internet or somewhere and started saying like, yes, this is the time that we need to be, um, the AFL players need to be coming out and, you know, time is now and pride and equality and all of that, which, sort of didn't really sit well with me because Joel's had a lot of time and a lot of success in his queerness. The AFL community is so not ready for it. They should be, and that's I'm not, I'm not saying that that's right, but they are just the fans, um, football supporters. You've got to think the demographic is still so old and so bigoted and you see the racial things that go out during games, the homophobic slurs that happen to players that aren't even gay or anything. Um, and so I just think that it's a very dangerous position and a bit of like a, um, a position of privilege that Joel has been speaking from.
1: And in his article, he even talks about how his family was so supportive of him coming out. So he's obviously had not an easy ride by any means, but a quite uh, supported
2: 100%. coming out.
1: And it's not really his call to make.
2: No, and um, that just, it really, really didn't sit well with me. Um, And that's not to say that there aren't players that are out in their personal lives that we just don't know about. I mean, this is me getting on my conspiracy bandwagon, but it could (laughs) be that the AFL is telling them that they're not allowed to come out, even though they've had this whole charade surrounding marriage equality um, last year, and they were like, oh, yes, the AFL supports this, blah, blah, blah. But why are we still yet to see a single queer person emerge from that um, place.
0: Yeah. I definitely think, like, you know, a large part of it is, yeah, as you kind of mentioned, cultural. Like, so I've grown up in, like, I grew up in Sunbury, which is
2: Oh, my God, not so fast for me. (laughs) (laughs) Western suburb. Yeah,
0: very, like, you know, you could play for the local football team and all the schools, like, it's such a sport focus and... um, yeah, I've grown up and very, like, that's what everyone, like, aspired to, is you want to go play AFL. And I went to high school and primary school with a lot of people who play at a high level. I know several people, like, who I was school with who now play in the AFL. Yeah. And culturally, and I've spoken about it on the show before, like, it's very, like, until probably I was out of high school, the idea of somebody coming out in that area and not facing just torrents of homophobic abuse would seem, like, completely unrealistic. Yeah, It's something where, you know, yeah, the AFL is taking all these steps with, you know, outwardly supporting the marriage equality and there's a whole bunch of the teams now have, like, pride organisations. Like... yeah, you know, they're taking steps forward and to change that culture but ultimately there is a huge element of Australian culture which is very
2: homophobic, you know, <laughs> very elderly,
0: homophobic yeah. and that part of Australian culture is also very interlinked with you know, the veneration and celebration of sports people.
2: Definitely, and I also think that um, a lot of us, especially city kids and inner city kids, can forget that um, metropolitan life is a lot easier than rural life or country life, and that's still where a lot of supporters of the AFL are and stuff like that. That's um, where a
0: lot of the players come from. Exactly, as well. exactly
2: yeah. right. Um, and I mean, I feel like the AFL have kind of because I'm a big, I'm a bigger supporter of the uh, women's footy than I am of the actual AFL, and I feel like they're pushing a lot of the queer responsibility onto the women's footy because there are so many out lesbians and mm. they have pride matches and pride jumpers for, like, pretty much, like, a few of the teams and it's just a lot easier for them to be like, oh, OK, so most of these lesbians are already gay. Mm. Like, we'll Even just... Even
0: within the, yeah you know, the women's league, it's just, like, it's gay and lesbian support. At the treatment of Hannah Mousy and their absolute just inability to make a decision regarding <laughs> trans players... It was very much just like, all right, you're you're supporting this community to the point that you think's going to be acceptable to your broader audience. You're not treating
2: exactly any, right. Yeah,
0: you know, you're not treating trans feminine people with any respect.
2: Exactly right, and that's a that's an institutionalized issue. I feel because. Um, a lot of the girls that Hannah is, you know, going to be because she's been accepted now um, yeah. for next year. A lot of the girls that she was going to be playing with were like, "We can yeah, we What do you mean I can't take her, on like, Hannah? Like, yeah. <laughs> excuse me." <laughs> yeah. um, and it was just kind of that kind of discourse happening around it, but it was all coming from the top. Yeah, you know, um, and
0: yeah, you saw that a lot. Like a lot of the people that were outspokenly against her playing. Yeah. Are major football comment commentators. Exactly. They are football personalities, and
2: they're the ones that the community trusts. Because yeah. I've had conversations with um, very intelligent, very woke, um, straight cis men who are footy supporters. But the Hannah Mouncey issue was the one that sort of like divided them a little bit. Mm. Like they're all this, you know, they're all for you know if they get if they want to come out as be gay, like who cares and da da da. But then because of the Institutionalized commentary that was coming from the top, they were saying things like, Oh, but yeah, I don't know about you know the girls playing. Like, have you seen the size of Hannah? And blah 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 blah. And I'm like, You're so intelligent. Why are you letting them give you feed you this information? And like, you're really taking it on board and listening to it instead of opening your mind and going, But the, the girls themselves don't actually mind,
0: yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like that was a huge element of it when I've discussed it with. Like people I grew up with, you know, with family, friends and that yep. kind of thing. Like, they'd just be kind of like, oh, like what do, what do you think about all this? And I'm just like, well, look, you know, she's on HRT, I'm on HRT, you've seen what HRT's done to my body exactly. and to my physicality. Do you think I should go play my men's football? No! <laughs> it's just like, and when, when I put it to them like that, mm. where it's people who they're like, you know, who have known me for a long yeah. time... And they're just like, hey, I saw what your body looked like before you started HRT. Yeah. Like, I was reasonably muscular. And they've seen what changes have occurred just for me. And I haven't been on HRT You said your foot even shrank half a size. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, that level of change, just on a purely visual level, before you get into actual hormonal interactions and all of the stuff that, you know, there are global bodies to do with sports that have, you know... Been on top of, like, oh, this is this is what the policy is. This is how these things affect the body. Yeah, like, just on that purely visual level, they're just like, oh, right, now I get. Oh, it. but she's really tall, and it's just like, if I was, you, you've met people I'm friends with, who, yeah, yeah, they're really tall. HRT's still going to change your body plenty of women's AFL players who are cis and who are six foot
2: something. And there's plenty of them who are five foot nothing. Like, yeah. it's the yeah. same it's the same ball game. But I think that it just sucks, the fact that, um, sort of to round it off on, like, a little bit of a note, um, I just think that it sucks that, you know, it takes people, like the conversations you were having with close family and friends, it has to be tangible. Yeah. And a lot of those conversations are not accessible to those that are out in, you know, not so metropolitan areas or aren't surrounded by queerness um, all the time. Um, and so I think that that's more of a conversation that we need to be happening as well. This is on a, like a much broader ideological, uh, ideological level. Yep. <laughs> that's the one. Um, but we're going to throw to a song now. Um, this is "Lights Down" by Sophie Sophie Groffy. Sophie Groffy. Yep. Sophie Groffy. <laughs>
1: That was Texas Lottery by Lars Veranda. And before that, we heard Lights Down by Sophie Grophy. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. You're here with uh, Daniel, Lisa, Christian and Evie. Uh, we're now going to be speaking about uh, Cynthia Nixon, former star of Sex and the City, who is in the process of um, campaigning to
0: become the next governor for New York. What, what? Mayor, I think. Governor
1: Oh, is it...
0: Yeah, Ma- I think it's mayor of New York City. Okay, all right. rather than governor
2: Either of the entire way, state. dismantle the patriarchy, honey. Like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, have have you all seen the campaign video?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's
1: beautiful. Um, yeah. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's just sort of mm. Cynthia. In her home with her wife and her two children, talking about how she's grown up in New York her whole life and how she's a product of like the public school system and a proud public school parent, things like that. And um, obviously, I think this is going to be an important um, this is an important campaign just because she is a gay woman and she stands up for the queer community. Um, have Have you been following the uh, the campaign? Yeah, y- yeah, in bits
2: and bobs. Like, I mean, as much as has been retweeted on my Twitter timeline, like, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's so fun and so refreshing, like, especially in the climate that they've got in America at the moment. Like, I just think that Cynthia Nixon, as well, of all people, to just uplift the gay community after all that Sex in the City has done for us, like, <laughs> over the years. Um, and the thing is, like, yeah, in the video, she was talking about, like, all these different disadvantaged groups. Like, it wasn't even just the gays or anything like that. Like, it was poor people and homelessness and yep. so many other things. Yeah. Um, and, like, ho- like, homeless youth and just go and watch the video. Because yeah, she really
1: touched on that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, it was, like, you know, really warms your cockles. Um, <laughs> hmm. But so she was a... She's a le- she was a lesbian. She is a lesbian, um, as we now know her. But the other person that had a little lesbian myth in Sex and the City was Samantha. Do you guys remember? Yep, I was yeah, watching yeah. the episode the other day and she's, like, coming out to the girls oh. and she's like, Yes, ladies. I'm a lesbian. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she said it just like she was having, like, steak for dinner. Like, what do you mean? Like, that was, like, the general reaction. And yeah. as much as I just made the joke of, like, Sex and the City has done X for the gay community, it's also kind of problematic when you watch back at it. Um, and we've got a little clip to demonstrate that where Carrie is um, finds out that she's dating a bisexual man who's much younger than her.
3: Again? When was your last serious relationship? Until then... There it was, the inevitable third date question.
1: Ooh, bad question? Wanna take another spin around the death rink?
3: No, it's fine, it's fine. I'm... I ended something a while ago. Two years of a lot of back and forth. You know, apparently we weren't Y2K compatible. What about you? Well, before you, there was Kayla, really neurotic, last of the year. And before her, Leslie couldn't commit and before Leslie, there was Mark. Is that a problem? He's a bisexual. Well, I could have told you that, sweetie. He took you ice skating, for God's sake. The weird thing is, he was so open
2: about it. You know, Hi, I'm a bisexual. He was so open about it. How dare he? <laughs> How, like... The weird thing is, yeah. Okay.
3: I, I mean, I mean, this, it is just interesting to unpack that, like, it's not... The weird thing for um okay I don't watch the show so I'm just <laughs> gonna be going like him her um that one that one um but th- th- she didn't say like the weird thing is that he- his bisexuality parody isn't the weird thing it's his openness yeah that's weird um well and weirdly I think I even heard like a similar line in Glee even like oh the crime isn't like in doing the act it's in talking about the act so it seems to be like a very like two thousands um iteration of like. Um, queer phobia in TV. It's like, oh, okay, so now we're, we find it weird that people are open about it, not like the itself. Not that it's itself. actually I, that. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it was necessarily, though, about the openness because later in the scene, mm. they're like, um, I can't remember which one. One of the girls mm. ask, Is it a problem? And they say, Well, of course it is a problem. Yeah. And like me, mm. like growing up, so I'm like a queer guy who dates guys and girls. So I, when I was growing up, Like, I was very disheartened when I saw this. Yeah. And, like, looking back at it now, you see the comedic side of it. But still, it's... Like, these women are being extremely ignorant in the comments that they're making. Um, And even sort of how we were talking about with Samantha's fling, even the way that she announced it it was a little bit insensitive as well, I found. Yeah. Um, How did you feel when you...
2: Um, Well, I mean, I... I was a straight 180 for most of <laughs> my life, so, I mean, I wasn't too, like, shook by it when I first saw it. Um, and now I kind of just, like, take a comedic stance on it because I feel like I know all of these characters back to front. But in, on the flip side of that, I can see, like, yeah, the problematic sides, like, Samantha's, like... But at the same time, in the scene that I'm talking about, Samantha does, like, she's very hesitant, so she opens with, like, well, I'm dating someone too. And they're like, who? And she goes oh, you know, just Maria. And they're like, the, from the gallery? And then she's like, yes, ladies, I'm a lesbian. And then they're all just like, what? Um, obviously, she's not a lesbian and she's just dipping her toes wherever she feels because she's Samantha. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it reflects as well um, the, the way that the characters like have this sort of queer discourse reflects a lot on like straight women and how they treat the gays as well. Um, that might have sounded a bit harsh, like they and us and them and blah, blah, blah. But, like, straight women, I feel like they go, they fly under the radar a lot because, you know, they're our allies and la, 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 la. But in the same breath as that, they can be saying very problematic things and, like, you know, there's the whole fag-hag conversation and you um, using gay guys as poodles and that's very much what Anthony was to Charlotte in the show and Stanford, yep. oh, no, Stanford was a bit more Carrie's friend but still acted as, like, the comedic gay relief yeah. rather than actually being a character.
1: And there were still even times, like, I think they were truly friends, but there were a few times where, like, he would get left out of the group and things like that. Like, I'm talking about Stanford. Yeah. Often and then sometimes you wonder, well, is Carrie really just using him as sort of, like, a, a token kind exactly. of thing? Exactly.
3: Yeah. And
2: it wasn't until the movie came out in, you know, the mid-2000s that they, he and Anthony, like, got together and they got married and it was the big gay wedding with Liza Minnelli and stuff, <laughs> um, which was fabulous. But, then you were like, oh, okay, so these characters are capable of, like, love and da-da-da and Anthony's not just a wedding dress designer and it's just they... be And that was because it, the film came out in the mid-2000s, whereas the series was on in the 90s, obviously, um, and so there was a much different conversation. Mm.
0: And that's, you know, you can extend that to quite a lot of media which is kind of now either like venerated or otherwise kind of held up as like hey this has got like this is a big thing for you know the queer community this is a big queer thing and it's just like and I'm gonna sound like a broken record because I'm about to say something exactly like what I said in the last segment for the most part, it's it's a gay and lesbian thing yeah and it's the same kind of thing where it's like you know in You know, the 70s, 80s, and particularly in the 90s, you had a lot of shows and films introducing gay characters that weren't villainous or demonised. It was just like, yeah, that was a huge thing. That hadn't been done before. Um, Yeah, and then, like, late 2000s, probably earlier 2000s as well, like, Sex and the City was definitely one of the first. It's just, like, you see bisexuality start to crop up more and more and yeah and it, it takes 10 15 20 years before it goes from here's the thing that like edgy shows are dabbling into <laughs> this is a normal thing like the exactly. gay couple in modern family like and that's the most white bread show imaginable yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah for sure
0: and yeah you know, we're only seeing that very recently now there's a lot of show um mainly films where hey there's trans characters they're Binary and straight and the entire focus is on their struggle of coming out and how difficult and rough it is. But it's just like, yeah, but in 20 years, that'll probably evolve into, oh, there's this this character on this really boring sitcom (laughs) who's a non-binary person. Exactly, and they're just chilling.
2: (laughs) Well, that's why um, I refuse to partake in the conversation um, and criticism of Love, Simon, because I feel like it... Like, I mean, this has been spoken about... for a very long time since it's come out, but um, it is just him struggling, yeah, internally, but it's also, it's a rom-com at the end of the day and it's not, like you said, Evie, they're not being demonised or villainized, or there's no sort of, like, castration of him or anything like that. He's just a normal kid coming to terms, like, in his normal town with his normal life and, like, he has these accepting parents and whatever, whatever, and I think that that is such and important because you know how Daniel you just said you felt really like oh no when you heard the line on sex in the city yeah yep. this makes queerness like normal and mainstream and like that's sort of what the goal is i guess for us well, at yeah. the end of the yeah. day
0: it's something like there's got to be room for criticism because that's why these things change it's just like you know the vast majority of depictions of trans women in media at the moment still cast either predominantly cis men. as Yeah. Yeah, it's just like there's a heap of discussion about, hang on, this is... No, that's not how it works. And you're reinforcing the public perception of trans women as cis men playing dress up.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, the conflation with drag and a whole bunch of other things. And there's huge room for discussion about that. But at the end of the day, if somebody wants to watch something and just go... And they just go, all right. Like ultimately, I wouldn't have had this five years ago. This is still a positive thing. Yeah. Like, you, there is room for both. Like you can't just. Unfortunately, we can't just wait around until something makes a perfect, <laughs> perfect portrayal of something yeah. every time. It's baby steps, yeah. which is somewhat frustrating, but it's a step in the right direction. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, I wish they wouldn't keep casting cis men as trans women, yeah, but yep. also better than the only depictions of trans women being Ace Ventura.
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> On that beautiful <laughs> note, um, we're going to throw to a song by two beautiful bisexual ladies. This is Strangers, um, Halsey featuring Lauren Hareggi.
1: That was Anna Wintour by Azealia Banks. Um, Before that, we heard Strangers by Halsey featuring... How do you say the last name? Lauren
2: Harreggie. There we go. Which, by the way, I actually had to go on YouTube and watch her Fifth Harmony X Factor audition. To find out how to say your last name, because <laughs> oh no one knows. God. Anyway, carry on Anyway, Dan.
1: you're listening to uh, Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. You're here with Daniel, Evie, Christian and Lisa. Um, and yeah, so we just heard Anna Winter" by Azealia Banks, which is the lead single of her forthcoming album, um, Fantasy II, The Second Wave, um, which is going to be released summer, is in American summer. So like June, July period. And I've heard that it's going to be a re-release of the Fantasy mixtape as well as a new album, which is pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, and there's also another single off that album, uh, moving on up, which personally is my favorite so far. Um, I mean, is is still a banger, and shoot, but, uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, it is.
2: And I mean, knowing Azalea, don't hold your breath cause she could just cancel everything yeah, and release it in 2020. <laughs> so, um, while she's running for president, yeah. <laughs> um, we don't know. She's an unpredictable young woman and I hope those chickens are laid to rest oh my God. in the closet. Um, I hope it's, you know, they had a really nice, um, memorial and all of that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Azealia Banks chickens. Um, not in the Maybe concept. don't, actually. Not in the, actually. yeah, I mean, it's sort of graphic warning, but um, Azealia Banks is a little bit crazy, just in case anyone...
1: She is actually as well a very intelligent woman, though.
2: Oh, but they're, they're all the most smartest people are crazy. That's yeah, why, I like, yeah, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Anyway, so on that note, we've just been frothing Azealia Banks so hard, we are doing... Yay. My favourite segment of the week. Christian, I'm going to pass over to you. What have you been frothing or not in this week? Uh,
3: um, so I I was up at midnight a few nights ago. Well, okay, no, I'm up at midnight every night. <laughs> okay, so there was so a what? night that happened in my life. Um, but on this particular night, yes. Um. The, Golden Kylie Minogue's new album came out. Oh. So I oh, is to it it, Has she gone
1: country star or something? Yes, I've read that somewhere. I actually,
3: like, well, I heard that somewhere. I heard the album. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all 16 tracks um, that morning. Yes. Um, I actually like it, I have to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Um, like, obviously, she released, what was it, uh, Dancing and uh, Stop Me From Falling and, like, a Raining Glitter, a couple of other singles, like, in the lead up. But yeah, it's it's. It's definitely like her most consistent sound throughout an album actually as well. Like every track is country. Um, usually, there's, there's the odd kind of like, oh, that one is not
2: quite like the others, but oh, well, that's all right, because that was can't get you out of my head. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, can't. Um, I just so, have but, to interject on yeah. that note, though. When mm. we say country, we mean yeah. pop country, not yes. actual country people. Kylie Minogue is not mm. wearing um, mm. a cowboy hat and boots, goot, and baby boots just yet. She uh, might, though. Oh,
3: or well, years in the stop me from falling video. But <laughs> anyway, a- it's, it's more of like a country flavor, influence, whatever you want to call it. Stunning. It's definitely not. Country music. It is yeah. It's very pop country, pop country, country rather
0: than. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna put out an album of Johnny Cash covers mm. and.
2: That would be. You know, wild. Entirely
0: performed on a single, really, really crappy acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I actually read though it's been coined the reverse Taylor Swift.
2: <gasps> yeah. Come for her, Kylie. Take your throne back. Oh my goodness. Down with Taylor.
3: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Taylor. I've, I've had an interesting kind of. Relationship with Taylor Yeah I can I can say that A a, a bit one way Because she's never met me But I know her (laughs) But but in 2015 when everyone was obsessed with her Like everyone Everyone was like Oh she's amazing I was like Yeah she's good And then Like a couple of years later When people were like Oh you know what She's not amazing I agree She's terrible (laughs) Like she's good So like Throughout her whole career I've kind of just been like She's good, she's good. But like whatever else elf has been like oh, she's the best thing, she's the light of my life, she's saved my life. No, she's not. She's not all she promised to be. I hate her. I'm gonna <laughs> distance myself from her. We're breaking up. Now we're getting back together, whereas I'm just like, She's good. 2016, she's good. 2017, she's good. Now, she's good.
2: Hopefully <laughs> so 2019, we don't have to hear from her
3: anymore. Oh, <laughs> I'm saving myself a lot of stress. Um, but yeah, Kylie, i yeah, really digging the new, the new sound, I have to say. Beautiful. Um, yeah, and mostly upbeat tracks, but a few actually rather like... Um, uh, this is the most personal she's been with an album since Impossible Princess 20 years ago. <laughs> 21 years ago. So, I love <laughs> it. Your little
2: Rolodex of Kylie in there. <laughs> Look, I... Uh, <laughs>
3: I I must say I've gotten more into her um, since I met her on the red carpet (gasps) for swinging safari. So in the last few months. It's been like a recent obsession. Oh, wow. So she's Um, name dropping
2: too. (laughs) Can Tell me more.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've had to take some time out of my Rihanna obsession to make room for Kyla. It's been tricky. You better
2: circle back around in time for R10, I tell you what. Because (laughs) Mm -hmm. Rihanna is coming for everyone after she releases this body glitter glow spray things. She's coming for everyone's necks. <laughs> oh Evie, what have you been frothing? Um,
0: oh, I've had a very quiet week. I've been homesick a lot this week, which oh. is quite frustrating. But um, I think that's been a bit of a constant for a few people I know this week. A lot of people have been in a really rough kind of place and I was really, really happy with just a lot of people I'm very close to and that like I was very oh yeah, I hope you're okay. I hope you got a support system that like, you know, you've got a bit of a support network. And just I've been very, very happy that a lot of people were doing that. Good yeah, good one time. of my friends is in a really rough spot. Oh no, yeah, it's a bunch of people getting out to take care of her and a bunch of new people that you know, she's met recently, of all like kind of been really good and then, you yeah, know, oh, another one of my friends isn't really soft. Oh no, somebody's, you know, trying to help out and check up on them and it was just like yeah, a lot of the time it's nice to have that reminder of yeah, like there's support hey, out there. There's lots of support out there. And yeah, that was just really, really positive.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, Mercury's been retrograding as well, so
0: I have no idea what that means
1: Either
2: to why I just like saying it (laughs) I saw it on Twitter like yesterday And I was like oh that's why I'm so upset (laughs) Um,
0: It's kind of um, Astrology like shorthand It's just like I need an explanation for this thing Uh, I've run out of bits Uh, is Is Mercury in retrograde? Me. Oh yes, yep, cool. That's going in there. That that's got a, that's the justification. <laughs>
2: Definitely. I mean, follow me on Twitter at VelvetLisa Lisa for more ridiculous astrology updates.
0: Do it. You won't be disappointed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, thank you, honey. Um, Daniel, aside yes. from Azelia, what the heck are you frothing?
1: Um, going back to my nerdy roots, I have been frothing um, a radio show called Hack on Triple J.
2: Hey. Yeah.
1: Um, I just when I'm driving in the car, I often hear it. And Competition. Yeah. But I don't know, it's just it's just like a nice little chill show that you learn some stuff. Yeah. It's not on Sundays, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah. But otherwise I don't know. I've had my week off uni this week, so nice. it's been pretty chill going back this week. Nice. Well good luck, luck with we're. that. Yeah, thanks.
2: <laughs> um, I've obviously um been in a reality television hole. Once again, I mean it happens probably once a week, so it's not that surprising. Um, Jersey Shore family vacation is back. For the first time in five years, they've reunited and just made my heart so happy. Snooki's back. Snooky's drunk. The Botox is high. The titties are higher. <laughs> the situation is not not in jail. Um, you know, it's just happy families all around, really.
1: What did you go to jail for?
2: Oh my goodness, there was this whole tax evasion situation oh, and they actually like, so they spoke about it on the first episode. First episode's been released, guys. I'm sorry if this is spoiling anything for you. Um, the situation was going through this whole thing with like the IRS. Like they were actually going to put him in jail for 10 years. I don't know how he got out of it. Um because he just didn't pay his taxes. And the funny thing is the MTV cameras were actually following him to court. Like, you know, they didn't go in the yeah. courthouse, but he's getting ready in his suit and all this. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, actual, like, shit that he's in, though. Like, what are you... MTV, what are you doing? Like, he could go to prison. And they're all crying. Anyway, it's great. Um, <laughs> I live for Jersey Shore. Um, the other show that I've been frothing is Batchy in Paradise. Oh, my goodness. Just for the pure fact that it's part of the Bachelor series, which, I mean, please, we all need to – come on, guys. I know none of you. You're all looking at me with, like, contempt, (laughs) but get around it. Um, Bachelor in Paradise is back, and the token – they have a token bisexual, Megan Marks, I believe her name is. She's the one that um, got in a lesbian relationship with a fellow contestant on one of the past seasons – Um, and they're broken up now, so naturally she needs to find love again, and the only people who can help her do that are the producers at Channel 10. Um, (laughs) And so um, it's great, although they are really, really taking the piss a little bit with um, the bisexuality thing. Like, they're just... It's kind of being a little bit sexualized and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's it's not sitting well with me at the moment. But we'll see how things unfold. Alora hasn't come in yet. I think she's coming in tonight. And apparently that's going to be her love interest. And it's just all going to, like, go through the roof. So if you want some, like, accessible, hot, dirty, trashy reality content, head to Channel 10. 7.30 tonight. I think it's on.
1: And Lisa's Twitter for commentary.
2: Oh, my God. And my Twitter. Uh, hashtag Batchy in Paradise every day. All day, every day. <laughs>
0: Uh, the only reality show I've ever gotten really into was Survivor. Yes! <laughs> I wish that they'd just like do another shot with the Australian one and don't make a horrible mess of it.
2: Have you seen the Australian one?
0: I've seen both of the Australian ones I the recent love one and it. not so recent one. You don't one. like it? They're both, they're terrible. Well, okay, they're, they're not going to be. completely missed the point.
2: What? <laughs> what? No, I think you're missing the point because it's supposed to be terrible. Like, it's great. Um, Yeah, but
0: not good, terrible. Normal survivor is good, terrible.
2: That's true. But it's also American and Australians (laughs) do take a while to catch up. And I mean, by the time we got Big Brother right, there was like sexual incidences and all that and it got cancelled and then Kyle and Jackie O took over and uh, it got cancelled again. (laughs) Um, Funnily enough, yeah oh wow what a shocker there um thanks for frothing with me guys we're gonna throw to my froth mr troy Savan, featuring all day uh this is for him
1: it was uh for him by troy savant featuring all day you're listening to loud and queer on sin nation you're here with daniel christian lisa and evie um this is about the end of the show now, so we're sort of bidding our farewells. But before we do, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at SinLoud. That's S Y N L O U D. We also have a Facebook group, the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria. And you can also catch our podcast on Omni, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, thanks, guys, for another great show. Do you have any plugs that you want to? throw out there?
2: Um if any um fellow queer vegans are listening, I'm quite proud of my um vegan Instagram that I've been popping off with lately. So that's velvet vegan. Again, that is velvet dot vegan on Instagram. Um come and see all the nice foods that I go and spend all my money on and wonder why I can't pay my rent. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> vegan food is expensive, okay? Um yeah no that's about it really from me.
0: Yeah. Um uh, follow me on Twitter, and I'm going to remove something before you follow me on Twitter. So give it, give it about 20 minutes. Uh, that's at invisible, E V I E, one word. And Christian, Daniel?
3: Oh, I'll plug my birthday again, two days. <laughs>
0: Mine was Tuesday.
2: Oh, it happy, was birthday, great. <laughs> happy birthday, guys. Um, happy have birthday. Have a great week, everyone. Catch you later. This is um, Worldwide Pussy by Miss Blanks.
1: You can tune in to hear Loud and Queer streaming live on SinNation at sin.org.au. You can find more about episodes on Omni, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of her music on Bandcamp. You can find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria and find us on Twitter at Sin Loud.